Welcome to the Core Women Podcast. My name is Dr. Summer Watson. I'm a doctor of psychology, podcaster, published author, coach, producer of documentary empowerment films, and empowerment seminars. This podcast is a special place for the hearts and souls of women. It is a place where women share their journeys, strength, resiliency, strategy, and passions. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome Kat Breet, who is a chief stripe changer, speaker, author, media guest, recovering recruiter, and host of the live LinkedIn show, More Money, Freedom, and Fun. We have so much to talk about here, Kat. So welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. I love your show and just really uh, excited to be a part of it today. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here with you. So Kat, let me ask you, let's get right into this, but let me ask you, what is a chief stripe changer? (laughs) Well, (laughs) Summer, did you know when you marry a guy from South Africa, you get a zebra for a wedding present? Really? Yeah. Who knew? I didn't know this either. So, um, you know, I'm I'm poking fun, but that is real. So I did marry a terrific guy from South Africa and his parents thought it would be a good giggle because they knew I grew up on horseback. So they bought me a real zebra as a wedding present and they presented me with a headshot and a stock certificate. And they said, congratulations, welcome to the family. Here's your zebra and we're going to keep him on our farm so that you have to come visit us in South Africa. And by the way, will you please bring our son with you when you come? Oh, what a great story. (laughs) So that's the zebra thing. And what happened is, of course, I hopped on a plane as soon as I could. I trotted off to South Africa, desperate to find my guy in a herd of 30. Well, it's not that easy because, of course... They all look the same. Right. Um, But did you know that zebras, every zebra's stripe pattern is unique? Mm -hmm. I can imagine. Yeah. Like a snowflake. Yeah. So like a snowflake, you know, zebras are unique, but at first blush, of course you can't tell them apart. And human beings actually have the same struggle, whether you're a woman in business Um, you know, whatever it is, we all struggle to stand out from the herd. And so that's what I do. I help people change their stripes, stand out from the herd and do what they love for a living. Oh, bravo. I love that. That is wonderful. Okay. So I'm going to take us back just a tad bit, but I had to ask what the chief stripe changer was. Now, how did you jump from recruiter and maybe tell us a little bit about your personal and professional background to entrepreneur? What was your process? Yeah, so um, it actually started uh, with a drink and the sun going down in South Africa, staring at the herd of zebras. And I had that epiphany about changing stripes. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's actually what I do for a living. I'm a recruiter, I'm a headhunter. I sell people for a living. What I really, really do is help them figure out what they want, how to change their stripes and stand out from the herd. And so that's where the dream started. And I thought, I'm going to have, I just want to start playing with this and having more fun and be more deliberate. Because up until then, I was doing what the boss told me. I was making phone calls. I was finding clients. I was finding candidates. <laughs> and, and, you know, with the sun going down over the savannah, I mm. just said, I, I, this is really what I do, number one. I love it. And I want to be more de- deliberate about that. So that's where the draining started. Then... I had a crisis. I was 33 years old. I had two babies in diapers. My mother was dying and my dad had a massive stroke and he could no longer take care of my mother. So all of a sudden, what do you do? You say to your parents, well, move in. So I invited my parents to move in with us. 
and I was working 60 hours a week for a company I loved and my nanny quit on a Monday mm. at 1 PM. And I just realized, uh, now's the time I'd been dreaming about starting my own business and my personal family situation forced my hand. And it was hard because I had just been offered a promotion I'd been working toward for years. I loved my company. I loved what I was doing, but my family needed more of me. So um, I chose that time to start my own business. Gotcha. Okay. So that's a huge jump. And yes, things in the universe were kind of like talking to you and saying, Hey, this is the time. And you listen to that. Yeah. But that also takes courage. <laughs> yes, it does. So how did you muster up that courage? How did you find it and to make the jump? You know, um, I'm a dreamer. I'm incredibly positive. I'm very hopeful, but I'm also a realist. And so before I quit, I created a little exercise for myself, a scorecard, a priority scorecard. And I wrote down what are my priorities in life? What's number one? And it was flexibility for my babies and my parents and hospitals and stuff. So number one was flexibility. Number two was the freedom to show up when I needed to, where I needed to. The third was money. I needed to earn enough money to do all this stuff. So my priority scorecard was the tool that helped me find the courage because I was very clear on my priorities, what mattered most, in what order, then I could make the smart decisions about, okay, if I'm going to quit, what's that going to cost financially? What am I going to do about healthcare? I'm going to start my own business. How, what, what, blah, 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 blah. So priorities straight. And then just very clear on how am I going to do this? How do I think I can do this? And then, you know, as a business owner after that, it was okay. Surprise, surprise. So the courage came with the clarity around what is most important in my life. Once that was clear, it became a lot easier to find the courage uh, to jump out and, and make the right decisions and stand up again when I fell down, which of course happens all the time. All the time. <laughs> and, you know, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. I like what you said here in relation to prioritizing, but being able to have or creating a strategy rather yeah. for making that decision. Mm -hmm. And I like that scorecard, that range of how are you feeling? What aligns with my values and, and my beliefs about getting into this? How am I going to process through this? That's awesome. You were probably prior to being an entrepreneur, a strategizer, but how did you come up with this whole idea of scorecard? You know, um, I've been using scorecards in business for years. And I'm not a project manager, but I sold project management services. And so from a business perspective, the scorecard was there. And I, I, I wish I could tell you when the light bulb went off. Um, it was a marriage between scorecards in business and an exercise that I had done around my career, career chart. I don't know. I just, I was like, I need a tool to help me figure out where my priorities are and make a choice. And so, um, in fact, Summer, I would love to give my priority scorecard as a gift to your listeners today. So I will give you the link to share uh, so they can get that for free for me today. Um, the scorecard does two things. It helps you get your priorities straight and then you evaluate your choices against it. So column, column one, stay where you are. How does that score? 
against mm -hmm. your priorities. Option two, go get a new job somewhere else. How does that score? Option three, start your own business. Or option four, Summer, do you know that 617,000 women quit in September of 2020? Really? 617,000 just in September. That is four times more than men. Men have had to quit also because of COVID, but right. women are quitting at four times the rate of men. And so option four against the score, you know, you can stay where you are. You can go get a new job. You can start your own business. Some women are quitting cold because they just can't keep it all going on. So the scorecard is going to help them evaluate all of their choices against right. their priorities. And sometimes the answer is you realize, oh my gosh, I don't have any flexibility in my job. But before I quit, let me go talk to the boss Maybe I can work from home three days a week. Maybe I can pull back to 30 hours a week. And so it's really a powerful tool to help you get clear on what you want, what you need, and then look at different options. Oh, I love that. That is a great strategic tool and really one that will help you align, not just what you need to do, but what you want to do. Yeah. And I think that is so important because that really adheres to what I talk about quite often about your own values and beliefs and understanding what those are. And basically, if you understand what your values and beliefs are, that gives you the platform to launch from. That also allows longevity in your job, your relationships, and a lot of different areas of, in all different areas of your life. And so when you figure that out and you have tools and techniques like this, that is fabulous because it really then helps people align what they're doing in their daily lives, how they're utilizing their time, effort, and energy. Well, and I love that you um, talk so much about values because on my priority scorecard, I literally wrote down no more bad bosses. Like it literally was on my top 10 list because mm -hmm. I had suffered under three bad bosses. And one of them was so bad. My husband looked at me and he said, I don't know who you are, but I want my wife back. Um, mm -hmm. So I wrote on my priorities, no bad bosses, because it was it, um, emotionally and health-wise. You probably know this, but when you are unhappy at work, you are likely to have 41% higher healthcare costs mm -hmm. and twice yes. the levels of depression, heart disease. Like this is a, like bad bosses are killing people. Right, right. And what is not understood by the employee many times is you do have a choice. Yeah. You do have a choice, yeah. but many people feel stuck. Yeah. How can I do this? Maybe I'm a single mom. Maybe I'm right. a caretaker of parents. Maybe I just have to take care of myself. How do I do this right. and make the decision? Which leads me to my next question. How were you in relation to the courage? I'm going to kind of piggyback this onto the courage question. Had you been exposed to folks that were entrepreneurs during your life and knew that this was something that was just in your DNA, or was it something that was sparked by a specific life event that you said, ah, and to me, it goes back to more of that life event of you had your parents, your kids, and you wanted to spend more time with them being an entrepreneur that process and, and making yeah. that decision? You know, one thing I, um, it's a great question because a lot of people come up to me and say, oh my gosh, you know, I want to start my own business. I want to be just like you. And it looks like you did it overnight. Um, I did make a decision very quickly when, I, when my nanny quit. It forced mm -hmm. my hand, but I had been thinking about starting my own business for two years 
because it is a huge step. And as you know, the money doesn't grow on trees. You go from getting a paycheck every two weeks to you got to go find the clients. And if you don't find the clients, there ain't no paycheck. And so anyway, um, it's a journey. And when I'm advising women on starting their own business, and I'm a huge fan, I think every person on the planet should have at minimum side hustle um, (laughs) and eventually hopefully start their own business. It's just, you're in charge of your own destiny. You anyway. um, So you asked me about what sparked it. Yes. That life event, were there people in my life that gave me the courage or that I admired, you know, I, I, um, I wish I could point to one. I, there was no entrepreneurship in my family, So it was really, really scary for me. And all of those childhood voices, who do you think you are? You're not good enough. All of that baggage just came roaring to the surface, the self-doubt and the fear. The way I overcame it was finding my fire. I I had to ask and answer the question, why do I want to start my own business? So the scorecard was the first step. And the second one was getting really, really clear on why do I want my own business? Is it for the, you know, the romance? No, that wears off fast. Um, (laughs) Because yes, I can start my own business, but it's going to be hard. Maybe it'd be easier for me to just go get another job at a company with fewer hours, blah, blah, blah. So uh, the fire really happened at work for me over the, I was was a headhunter. I was a recruiter. Uh, for global companies. And I was so mortified by how people were being treated, quite frankly, that the fire and my why for wanting to start my own businesses, I thought, I want to fix this. I I know in my bones that you can sell people into jobs and treat them with respect and make money. Um, The only way I was going to do that was with my own business. Right. Oh, I love that. So that's where that fire for wanting my own business. I needed the freedom and the flexibility to do things right with integrity. Back to what you said about values. Um, I would not be able to honor my values if I went to work for another global staffing firm. I just wouldn't. The business doesn't allow for it. So that's why. I love that because that really is an equation. It's about really your strategy, your why, your purpose. And you had all of that, you aligned all of that to really start your business and gain the courage to make that jump because that is scary. It is a scary jump. So thank you for explaining that. Now, can you tell the listeners a bit about your live LinkedIn show, More Money, Freedom and Fun? Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. It's so much fun. Uh, you know, bringing on guests and it's, it's really fun. So okay. I've been doing online training for 12 years. I built my first course for job seekers 12 years ago. I built one for consultants three years ago. So I've been doing online speaking and training and courses for 12 years. Um, when, and I started a, a live networking group 12 years ago. So I've been in that business of bringing people together in community for a long time. When COVID hit last year, Last year, summer, it was last year. Can you believe it? Um, right. <laughs> so <laughs> I know. when COVID first hit America, I just said, oh my gosh, unemployment's going to go through the roof. Of course it is uh, globally. And right. it actually, I'd like to tell you, it was my idea. It wasn't my business partner is my husband. And he's the very smart guy who, who called me up and he said, 
we got to do a live show. And I said, what? And he's like, yeah, you got to do what you do. Let's do it on LinkedIn. Let's do, do a LinkedIn live and just help people. Let's give them the tools, the hope, and a safe place to come together to make it through the next three months. So initially it was just going to be a three month thing. And I fell in love with it. I mean, it, it's so much fun and we're touching so many people all over the world that um, we're still doing it. And now I'm not doing five days a week anymore. We did pull it back to twice. So I know Absolutely. we did five yes! days a week. We did it five days a week for the first Whoa. three months yeah. and I burned myself out um, so now it's just twice a week and yeah, so it initially was focused on jobs and, uh, you know, work and that stuff, but over the year it morphed into a really clear focus on giving people the tools and the courage they need to get more money, freedom, and fun. Uh, for some people it's getting more out of the job they're in for others. It's starting their own business for others. It's moms, you know, at home who just need to make money on the side. So it's all career, but it's money, freedom, and fun. Cause that's what we all want. And it's what we all need and you can get it, but it won't just land in your lap. You gotta be deliberate about going out and getting it. I like what you say about being deliberate because a lot of times I work with interns and I'll go to these different universities and they'll graduate, kids will graduate and say, oh man, I should have been, I should have gotten that job. I should have been there already. And what maybe sometimes people don't see is there's a lot of work, a lot of deliberate stuff that we do behind the scenes to get to where we want to be. And where we want to be definitely changes over time. Yes. <laughs> Which is something that you also touched on here about how you became more clear about your show. Yeah. How that has developed over time. Yeah. How you probably have really got very clear about your own business and how that has changed and morphed and developed over time. Absolutely. It happens. Absolutely. So. And you have to A, expect it, look for it and adjust. You know, I, I started my bit. Well, yeah, you do. You do actually know. I started my business in 2006 and I was chugging along as a search firm. And then the Great Recession hit, you know, and, and now 10 years later, the pandemic hit. And so um, clients change. I, I had big dreams and plans with my business. It has changed dramatically since I started. And that's OK. Uh, sometimes it's been terrifying. Sometimes it's been really hard. But in the end, if I'm deliberate about stopping, taking a step back and saying, whoa, what the heck is happening here? What do I want? What do I need? What's the smartest path to get me there? And so it's really, you said it a little bit earlier, it's about being deliberate. It's a daily practice every day. Why am I here? What am I trying to do so that you can make all those little choices? Should I respond to that email or make this phone call? Should I, you know, so... Um, it's like losing weight. Sure. You can say, I want to lose 30 pounds, but it's actually the little decisions all day long right. that are going to make the difference in your business and weight loss and achieving what you want out of life. And that is so important that you mentioned that because it's process. Yeah. And I think sometimes when process isn't in place, we tend to get lost when process isn't, you know, what we envisioned it to be, we end up not necessarily reaching the goals that we want to attain. And so I go back to, again, 
that when we're talking about being an entrepreneur and how you made that decision, again, it's your strategy, your why, your purpose, aligning with those values and beliefs. And that becomes more clear over time as we gain wisdom. So, which also leads me to, to something that you said earlier on about we make mistakes and what I call them are missteps. Yeah. Sometimes we make missteps just in daily life. We do that as entrepreneurs as well. And missteps to me aren't necessarily people who might say, well, that's, that was just a failure. No, that wasn't. That was actually, that misstep was gained wisdom. Yeah. And I don't know how you see that, but I definitely see missteps as gained wisdom. Oh, absolutely. And I, I call them lessons learned, but gained wisdom, <laughs> lessons learned, all the same. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite quotes is by uh, Seth Godin. And he says, nobody ever once pops to the top. They get there, they walk there step by step, each a failure until it's not. Um, so I love that it's step by step. Nobody pops to the top. And I do agree wholeheartedly. Every misstep, every disappointment, every failure, it's a lesson learned. And it do, you do need to stop and look. So I spent my first 33 years um, go, 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 go. When, when I fell down, I was like, that hurt. Stand up, go, go, go. And it was when, um, when that whole situation happened with my, my parents, my mom dying and my dad and my babies, it forced me to stop and breathe and make choices. I could no longer do it all. I could no longer run, run, run and see what happened. I had to start making smarter choices um, throughout my day. And so I just, I learned to stop, take a step back when something bad happened and ask myself, okay, that hurts, why? Is it strictly emotional or is that a real setback? And if so, what can I learn from it? What do I need to do right now? And, and what can I do moving forward? So um, to, to those of you that are tuning in today, it might sound like I have it all figured out. I do not. The, it, it is still <laughs> messy. And just as soon as I get a system automated and I'm chugging along, something else happens. So it's not easy and I fall off the train and I have to get back on a reset. So it's an ongoing thing, um, but that's beautiful yes. too. I mean, that's life, isn't it? And that is exactly what it is. And that's what I was going to say. That is life. Yeah. And as long as you, which you have done, are able to be objective, you can stand outside of it and say, how can I, how can I apply this to life? How can I adapt and go forward? How can I change and go forward? And I think we've been so conditioned from being younger. And I don't know how old you are, but when I was coming up through the ranks and that was in the eighties and I was watching movies like working girl or watching movies like baby boom. And those were the kind of things where they were telling women, you were being told you can do it all. You can do it all, you can get back up, and this is the way you're gonna be conditioned. And we can wear these pantsuits and we can go into the jobs and we can be strategic and we can be competitive and we can get back up and we can juggle it all. Home, family, kids, and we can do a lot of that. But it is also okay, and what this is something we weren't told, to give yourself a break, to not feel the guilt. 
Yeah. And that, that has been such a battle for me. And it is for, I think every woman on the planet, um, you know, again, you're right because of how we're raised. So um, to that, by the way, I'm 49 and I do not hide it. I have earned every wrinkle, um, every gray hair. I'm proud you of it. Have any. What's that? <laughs> You don't have any gray hair. You don't have. Any oh, gray girlfriend, hair. It's, it's called color. Um, I do. I'll show you. Gorgeous. So, um, Gorgeous. You know, um, I I am 49 and proud and I'm going to be 79 and proud. It is hard work to get here. So um, Marilyn Carlson, former CEO of, of Carlson Companies, if you're familiar with them, global, huge, mega, mega, mega business. And I heard her speak probably 20 years ago. And I have never forgotten what she said. She was up there, you know, room full of smart, talented women who's like, how do you do it all? And she stopped and she looked out at all of us and she said, I don't. You can have it all because she's a mom, blah, blah. You can have it all, just not all in one day. And that is probably the best bit of advice I've heard my entire life about being a woman juggling it all. You can have it all, just not in all day, not all in one day. So you do have to make choices. What are my priorities right now in my life? And they all, they shift for all of us. What our priorities were in 2019 were different in 2020 and they're different in 2021. So um, you can have it all, just not all in one day. Love that. Bravo. Now, as we come towards the end of the show, let me ask you a question. If you were to leave some words of wisdom for the listeners, what would those words be? There, there are three lessons that were really, really hard uh, for me to learn. Uh, so the, I'll share those uh, briefly. Number one, find your fire. It's what is it that gets you either lit up and excited or the other side, upset, angry, overwhelmed. It, you know, so the fire for me is giving women the courage to stand up and get more money and freedom and fun out of work because they can, they deserve it, but they first have to stand up. So that, that's my fire. And it came out of seeing people treated badly at work. So that's my fire. You have to find your own fire because that is what is going to give you the courage and the confidence to stand up again all day long at home and at work. Um, The second lesson was face your fears. And I mean, really stare them in the eye. Again, I spent the first 33 years of my life. Run, run, run. Okay, that's scary. Move on. You can't do you got to turn around and look at that fear in the eye and figure out what are you really afraid of? Not, oh, I don't like rejection. Oh, come on. What are you really afraid of? What I'm really afraid of is that I'm going to be rejected and not be able to feed my family. Aha. That deep bone chilling fear, that's the thing that's going to stop you from achieving what what you can. Um, And then the third hard lesson, let other people help you. Oh my gosh, this is so hard for me. Yes. Um, So (laughs) hard to let other people see me vulnerable, to let other people know I need help, and then to let them actually help me. Um, And when I flipped that switch and started letting, especially other women, help me, you know, with my family and help me in my business, oh my gosh, you know, it's true what they say, together we can do so much more. So anyway, those are my three things that I live by and that I like sharing with other women. Well, thank you, Kat, for being on the Core Women podcast today. Thank you for having me. It's been great. 
And to all of your listeners, you are amazing. You can have it all, just maybe not all today. So figure out what you want right now and go out and get it because you can. Thank you so much. If you would like to connect with Kat Free, you can find her at www.arbez.com or on LinkedIn at her show, which she does, which is called More Money, Freedom and Fun on LinkedIn on Tuesdays and Thursdays. If you need a strategic empowerment coach, contact me. If you want to tell your story of empowerment or how you have reconstructed your life to drive change, send me a video or an email of your story providing permission to use it on my social media platforms. If you want to be featured on my podcast, reach out to me at info at corewomen.com. I want to hear from you and to get to know you. You are now part of the Core Women home. Let's get to know each other. Let's learn from one another. Please follow Core Women on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please let your women friends know about this podcast. If you write about Core Women in your social media posts, please hashtag Core Women. This is all about women. Thank you for taking the time to learn more about Core Women, and please stay tuned for continued growth of the Core Women movement. Let's grow and drive change together.